welcome back to Butter With That, a movies podcast where some maybe friends from maybe uh, Philadelphia come together once in a while and chat about some films. I hope you enjoyed uh, our content in May, wrapping up Superhero Month, talking about um, Alien and then the Alien franchise, and our summer movie preview. Um, guys, how are you doing today? Doing great. great. Yeah. Real good. We got Jordy the Cat here. The podcat. Yep. Our podcat. Oh, Check our Instagram. Check out our lovely podcat. Yeah, <laughs> she's pretty beautiful. You can see her smiling right now, real big. It doesn't matter what we look like, but just look at how cute the cat is. Yeah. Oh, she's loving that those scratches right now. She she lives with uh for context uh she lives in this house with uh, myself and three other men. So anytime <laughs> someone comes someone comes by with nails, mm-hmm. she really really loves it. Yep. <gasps> oh, that's nails make a big difference. They really do. <laughs> She has such tiny, delicate little paws. I just yeah. noticed. Yep. Little socks. Oh. Yeah, right, in, right out. She's so of her. beautiful. <laughs> little sphinx. Her toe beans must be so small. <laughs> <laughs> so we got a new month, month of June, and for this month's theme, we are talking about doomsday movies. Yep. Um, this was going to shit. Here it's we go. It's just around the corner. Because when you, you think you June, all... you think doom. Mm-hmm. Ooh, I like that. Ooh. Can it please be all over? <laughs> uh, so we have several different types of Doomsday movies coming up for you this month. Um, pretty exciting. This was Christine's idea to do, so thanks, Christine, oh. for this topic. Uh, and also yeah, are you kinda... doing okay? Doomsday, huh? Uh, yeah. <laughs> Got a lot on my mind these days. <laughs> Uh, I think it also ties in really nicely with the summer because so many Doomsday movies are like blockbuster True. kinds of movies, like your Armageddon's, your Independence Days. So I think it's great. You know, June's a great month to talk about the end of the world. More Bill Pullman. <laughs> mm-hmm. Anybody remember when it was going to be six six six, like June six two thousand six, and everyone's like, Satan's coming and the world's over. I remember my no. friend Jesse like messaged me and was like, "Hey, just in case something happens, like I love you." And I was like, "You're a fucking idiot." <laughs> <laughs> I saw the Omen remake on that day. Oh, when hell it yeah. Oh, it came out right on 666. Cool. That, oh, that was some clever that's marketing. That's amazing. Yeah, that was pretty good. I must say, I was like... Oh, well, really? Yeah, I, I liked it. You only get okay. that kind of marketing once a century. Yeah, it's true. You better <laughs> not fuck it up. Everyone now is like, fuck, why didn't I make my no. movie then? <laughs> All right, so for uh, my Doomsday pick, I'm talking about the 1997 classic Men in Black. Um, in honor of Men in Black International coming out this month. I talked about it a little bit last week for our summer movie preview. Thought it'd be good to kind of wind back time to the late 1990s. This also could have been a really great 90s pick um, for when we were doing that. What was that, March? I don't know. All that time. We just have our, like, areas we, like, go back to, you Mm -hmm. know? Time means nothing. Um, 90s horror, M. Night Shyamalan. Um, but before we jump into talking about um, Men in Black, I want to read an email we received. Yeah. Whoa. Whoa. Email, 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 email. Do a shout out. And we also have to do some shout outs. <laughs> That's, oh yeah, we're doing that at the beginning. Yeah. <laughs> um, so friend of the show, Diana. She recently had a shout out as well. She did. Nice. Um, so she said, hi, here's, oh wait, the subject of the email was, I'm sending this email so Connor will be happy. Aww. Aww. I basically bullied her into sending an email <laughs> the other day. <laughs> Are you happy now? <laughs> yeah. Like, we're concerned. <laughs> um, hi, here's my whiteboard question. If aliens invaded the earth and you could only show them three movies to help them assimilate into American life in 2019, what movies would you choose? Bye. Diana. <laughs> yeah, that's a good Bye. Um, I didn't even tell her we were doing Men in Black, so 
Uh, what an awesome coincidence yeah. to fit in with this. So that will be our whiteboard question. Uh, check that out at the end of the episode. So stay tuned. Over the Sam for the show. I was so worried we were about to answer it right now. I know. I was like, oh. I need at least 42 minutes to think about this. <laughs> Um, and the shout outs for guessing Professor Marston and the Wonder Woman and Captain America Winter Soldier are actually related to one of our hosts yeah. here. Tori, do you want to shout your family members out? I guess. I really told them to like chill out, you know? I was like, guys, can you stop, please? <laughs> they but did. They they're did. just dedicated listeners. Yeah, no, didn't my dad guess wrong the first time? Yeah, he guessed Thor Ragnarok or something. So to be to be fair, this was a second chance, Bob. So, you know, you got it wrong <laughs> Come on, the first shape time. Up. <laughs> Maybe you have to create a new rule. That's true. Um, so we, I, I should have started with my my sister. She was the first one. But Bob guessed that we did uh, Winter Soldier. So good job, Bob. Uh, I'm like pretty sure, Sam, you were the one answering the, the Instagram. And I was like, oh, I like that Sam is having an interesting back and forth with my dad right now. I was like, I've never talked to Tori's dad before. This is great. The internet's a wild place. Uh, Bob's, Bob's great. Um, and then the other is my sister, Nella, who was just here recently um and she guessed um professor marston and the wonder woman which i didn't even know that she had like seen that movie or anything so that was like cool to also realize like what my sister was watching and stuff so um thank you uh family i was gonna say her last name but i don't know if people know my last name or not you definitely (laughs) said it on this podcast before so like whatever man all right thanks potenza family you uh (laughs) thank you for uh not listening to me but also for being right about things because that's really important to us but also caring about the podcast yeah yeah. i mean our social media stuff has been doing pretty good nella's like i'm not into podcasts but like i listen Listen to you sometimes, and I was like, "That's good." Enough. <laughs> you know what? I tell people all the time: if you don't really want to listen, just play it and turn the volume down, and just go about your business. <laughs> we don't That's care right. if you. We get you the we get the play. Us. You don't have to listen, but we get that. We're little... just doing this for the numbers. Just for the money. Fuck, fuck you guys listening. Who Give cares? Those clicks. <laughs> oh, all right. Wow. How about we dive into Men in Black? Let's do Let's it. Do it. Uh, Sam, in our usual format, we have someone watch the trailer, somebody uh, read the reviews, and somebody watches the movie. Sam, you are on Trailer and Marketing Report. That's me. So this movie came anything. out in 1997. <laughs> I was six years old, and I literally remember nothing about the trailer. I, I know <laughs> that I've seen the trailer, like, a th- or I've seen the movie a thousand times, so I, <laughs> I felt like I was seeing the trailer for the first time ever. And honestly, the trailer gives you everything that happens in the movie like all the really cool scenes it starts off by being like more secretive than the cia (laughs) more more something than the fbi it's the men in black and then it shows you like all these clips of like agent k and eventually will smith agent j and um you get to see all the really interesting weapons that they use and the tiny gun that will smith uses yeah 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 and how it like blows up a car and so like shows you some really good aliens shows like that one fan fucking tastic scene where they're out in the desert and um there's like an alien coming right at the guy and then k blows it up and it just goes like Guts. That's a great scene. Uh-huh, yeah. uh-huh, and it goes guts, like, all over that guy. So you see that, and then you see 
Whatever the fuck those like tiny little aliens are, what are they? Hey, we yeah, got yeah, those. Yeah, you yeah, see like those? I forget guys. their names. The wormies, yeah, and they're like pouring coffee, and you know, you see, you're sort of learning about all of this through Will Smith's eyes, which is like very much how the movie is. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's great. I mean, I'm sure I saw it as a kid, and I was like, I want to see this movie, and I did. So it definitely worked. Um, when it comes to marketing, so um, I couldn't find too, too much because everything now is so focused on Men Black International. Mm-hmm. But, um, uh, Connor, in, in, in your spirit, I sort of looked at the, the marketing information. So the budget of the movie was not $90 million, wow. and it grossed um, $589.4 million, which in today's money is about $888 million. Definitely a success. Yeah, yeah it's Damn. super success. Um, the domestic box, box office was like, Two hundred and fifty million. Um, so it, which for like, the late nineties is like out of this world. Yeah, it yeah. did super well. Um, so it actually became the nineteen ninety seven's third highest grossing film with about um, like fifty five million tickets sold, which is I kind wonder, of like what would have been one and two. I was gonna ask, did you check what the other two were? <laughs> no. Oh, okay. I was like <laughs> to the Google machine. <laughs> to the Google machine. I, I just I'm like. Well, 1997 well, like I know so independent according to this article Independence Day came out the year prior to mm. that uh. um, because this this one of the articles That's that I right, was reading yeah. said like um, Will Smith is the July blockbuster man 1996 is Independence Day now it's men in black oh um, Titanic was 97 uh, yeah well, released boo. released date. it also says on IMDB and I don't know if this takes into account films that have come after but this is the highest grossing uh action buddy comedy in the U.S. box office. Oh, wow. shit. That's cool. Aw. Um, and then, so, also, th- uh, this was a t- total surprise to me. The film received three Oscar nominations, Best Art Direction, Best Original Score, and Best Makeup, and it won that category? Wait, was, wasn't was it Danny Elfman that did the score? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah okay. Uh-huh. Because it is very, like, dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun. Especially that oh, opening, yeah. That yeah. makes so much sense. Uh-huh. Yeah. Like, Danny Elfman, I love. <clears throat> I know. Um, but the one thing that I did see about marketing, and I know, Connor, you wanted to talk about this, is um, the music video. So I found this article <laughs> that was like, Men in Black making the $1 million music video that defined summer 1997. So it just goes on to say, like, they were really set on making this video, and they wanted to make it a companion piece to the whole movie. And it was super, super important, but they were also rushing to do it, which mm. reminds me a little bit of like how Sonic the Hedgehog is being redesigned now, and that they're like under this weird time crunch. <laughs> we gotta fix it. We gotta Gotta go fast. It. Um, so the, the music video and the song, uh, the song was, um, co-written by Will Smith and, um, someone said that it, it, like, it really started this idea. Let me, so here's the quote. Today, it's a given that corporate synergy will see endless tie-ins for films, but back then the craze was just a few years old and Columbia Pictures knew this video could be the key to the film's success. So, like, it really was the catalyst, the jumpstart of, like, why you see so many, like, music videos accompanying movies or like movies having like soundtracks done by people a part of the film or just like by really mm. well-known people like i'm thinking of black panther and kendrick lamar like mm. i'm very similar in, in in that kind of thing well and how many disney animated movies had the credits play with like a pop singer singing like right exactly Imagine if kendrick lamar did a music video too did he i don't think he did but like that'd be interesting um 
I don't think so. I don't yeah. think so either, but I don't really know. But one of the things that um, the article talks about, so the the video cost a million dollars to make, and they went on and on and on about the CGI alien, mm-hmm. Mikey. Mikey. And yeah, they were talking like, Will Smith is literally dancing next to this thing. And like, you're thinking 1997, so it's like not CGI like we know it today. And they had to hire like a full dance crew. Will Smith had to learn the dance moves in four days. Oh, I know those, those moves dance moves. Great. Yeah. <laughs> They are. And Mikey is amazing. I was gonna say it makes so much sense that the CGI is like Mm -hmm. part of like how expensive that was. The shoulder rolls. Mm -hmm. Uh This feels so mid nineties. It took like three weeks in post production to like really like get it all together. So it sounds like like they they were really serious in making this movie like like part of a franchise, and so they wanted to make sure that they capitalized on Will Smith any way they could, Mm. and like they did a really good job of it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think so much of it too is like the poster saying Mr. Jones, Mr. Smith. Yeah, like, the poster yeah, is so yeah. awesome. So I feel like Tommy Lee Jones and Will Smith just do so much of the marketing of just like they also these did the music stars. thing for the second one, which is interesting. And so mm. I don't think they've done it for like the others, but I remember I like remember both of the Men in Black songs pretty distinctively because I liked both of them a lot. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you, Sam. Uh, Christine, let's turn it over to the reviews. All right, I'm going to give you page one of my reviews because. <laughs> Jordy is sitting on page two, but we'll get to that later. Um, so oh, but she's loving the best. She looks so Ma- right I know, now, and yeah. she's just loving this Manila folder. All right. In honor of a uh, secret government agency, I prepared my notes in a Manila folder that is unlabeled. So, I'm trying to be a, be with the theme. Oh, I love how you how much always of it's just go a little bit extra. I, d- I had so to go great. extra this evening. Uh, all right. So reviews. Men in Black uh, has a ninety-two percent Rotten Tomatoes. Um, rating 90 or excuse me, 79% audience rating and overwhelmingly favorable reviews when it came out. Uh, basically many of the reviews pointed to the chemistry between Will Smith and Tommy Lee Jones as a really compelling buddy (laughs) relationship Mm. and also consistently pointed to the amazing special effects and uh, attention to detail, whether it was the monsters, whether whether it was the sets. Um, and people kind of were okay with what they, what uh, was described as sort of a breezy plot. Uh, but also, so New York Times kind of called it a breezy plot. AV Club returned back to the movie, wrote an uh, article in 2014 about it, called it a very... Um, indiscernible plot <laughs> um but my, mainly because the main characters never seem to be in danger but all of that is offset by the lightning quick pace and the really wonderful special effects that keep it very fast paced keep it breezy and maybe keep it to the expectations that viewers have uh of just like a great action comedy with really really good visuals mm-hmm. um the New York Times review, when the movie came out, pointed to Barry Sonnenfeld, the cinematographer for the movie, who also did the first three Coen Brothers movies, uh, Raising Arizona, Blood Simple, and Miller's Crossing, uh, which is was just interesting because all of those are shot really well. And um, also point to Danny Elfman doing the uh, the soundtrack. So it seemed like just a lot of wonderful components coming together to make this Quite just a summer blockbuster, uh, feel good, uh, breezy action movie. Um, I shall uh, return to page two further into our discussion. 
Great. Um, thanks, guys. Um, I used to, uh, the New York Times said breezy plot, but I call that efficient plot. Yeah, totally. Yeah, and and mm. right. Do you need more sub? Or right. Not even <clears throat> substance, um, but do you need more elements? There's one more thing that I actually found that was talking about uh, industrial light and magic. Okay, so New York Times said industrial light and magic deserves star billing in a film with approximately 250 special effects shots. And for comparison, Jurassic Park had 60. So wow. even thinking about comparing it to another movie people point to and being like, wow, those, mm -hmm. those effects were, were pretty amazing for its time. Uh, at least that's what I understand people thought of Jurassic Park, right? Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. Brought dinosaurs up. to life. Mm -hmm. Ooh, I love it. <laughs> Um, cool. So before I uh, turn over the Tory, I just want to give a brief little uh, synopsis of the film. Uh, this is a 1997 film based off of a Marvel comic by Lowell Cunningham, starring Tommy Lee Jones and Will Smith as agents in the secretive Men in Black organization. The movie follows Smith as he is recruited by Jones to join the organization and help stop a giant cockroach creature who is attempting to steal a powerful energy source hidden on Earth. Cockroach, yeah. cockroach is awesome. <laughs> All right, Tori. So... Um, what do you think? Uh, well, as someone who's seen this movie about like a thousand <laughs> times, <laughs> have any of us not seen it a bunch? We've all seen it a lot, right? Mm -hmm. I saw it a lot as a kid, but I feel like I haven't seen this movie in about ten years. I think okay. I've only seen it a total of two times: once oh, wow. long ago, and then I watched it once within the past year. Mm. Huh. I think it had been a while since I'd seen it, but I was like a huge Will Smith fan when I was a kid. So this was like, of course, something that was like, I have to go see this movie. And it's a weird thing, too, where like you said, like you don't remember the trailer at all, Sam. But like, I feel like I I know I must have seen it because I was so excited about oh, this yeah, movie. Absolutely. You know, it was like weird where I'm like, I don't remember anything about it, but I had to have because like I'm sure there was like mcdonald's like toys and yeah. stuff dedicated yeah. to it like it must have been all over the place so i was definitely like sold on it already which is interesting because this is also a movie that there was definitely a lot of stuff going on in that movie that was like probably too adult for me to be like seeing <laughs> or dealing with and i think we've talked about that already with like movies that are just like a little too adults that we were all exposed to and this like definitely felt like one of them even some of the violence like you don't see a lot but there's like some like pretty disturbing stuff in there i mean uh, Vincent D'Onofrio uh, gets like skinned alive. He gets shucked. Um, he gets yeah. He gets shucked by an alien. Like what? Like that's Ugh. insane to think about. Like as a thing that happened. Um, but yeah, like I love this movie. I think it still really holds up. Um, I I think you'll probably talk about it later with some of like the monster stuff, monster stuff. But I'm always interested in like, especially now the level of like practical effects versus like CGI. Mm -hmm. And this movie obviously spent like a really decent amount on CGI, but there are some practical things that I thought were pretty interesting in the movie. Looking uh, at um, for my research, I think what I found. So Rick Baker did the um, makeup and special effects. He's done. Dozens and dozens of everybody's favorite movies. Uh, he did the Star Wars for Star Wars. Mm. Um, he also did American oh, wow. Werewolf in London. So he was responsible for that amazing transformation yeah. sequence. Um, just give Rick Baker a Google. He's done tons of amazing he movies. He won, I think, the first year that was an Oscar award. We may have even talked about that when like, they had um, like the makeup effects and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And speaking to yeah, how much they dedicated uh, finances to like CGI and everything, I've got a note here that's... Uh, um, after script rewrites, uh, looking for a more action-oriented ending, the original animatronic bug was discarded after eight months' development, mm. and a new sequence was redesigned uh, containing 45 CGI s shots at a cost of 
uh, 100,000 each, according to Barry Sonnenfeld. Quote, it was the best $4.5 million, $4. million we spent. Uh, and the original ending was actually going to be uh, an exist. It says here, a humorous existential dialogue between Agents J, K, and the bug. <laughs> but they opted for a more action-packed one. Yeah. I'm intrigued because then the final sequence is the be- I in my or no, like the final scene mm-hmm. is my favorite with the aliens playing marbles mm. out oh, of yeah, yeah. human universe. I was like, that's pretty. I think as a kid, I even remember being like, "Whoa, yeah, that was deep." The <laughs> galaxy mind meme thing come to life. Yeah. yeah. I was like, oh, is this what being high is like? You know, well, just it, like I mean, kind of. Yeah, it's connected to like the sort of like. Co- like always infinitely re- uh, reducible universe. And yeah. That, like I'm like, that's all, honestly probably what the universe is going to actually, what we'll find out the universe is actually like. Yeah. Yeah. If you don't remember the movie um, pans out after they've stopped the bug guy, you know, everything is, you know, everyone's, you know, good and safe and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And it zooms out like it says, Oh, earth and then the moon and Saturn and the sun. And then it just is aliens playing with like marbles that are galaxy that are universes inside of, and then putting the marbles in a bag and the movie's over, which harkens back to a tiny galaxy being like the size of an actual marble in the movie. Yeah. 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 Another great cat movie, Orion, the cat. That's true. Orion is a good cat. Mm-hmm. Oh, and yeah, yeah Orion. One, sorry, one more note that I had here was that uh, a little callback is that it's highly likely that Orion, uh, the cat of uh, Gentle Rosenberg, one of the characters, uh, is a more than coincidental reference to Ellen Ripley's cat, Jones, an alien, mm. because they're both loyal companions and there are certain shots of the cat's reactions that are nearly identical. Oh, oh. that's really cool. Aliens influence once again. I was thinking about that too, because like obviously there's like a decent amount of years between these movies, but you know they tried to do an animatronic thing with Alien, and then we're like, oh, we'll just put a fucking dude in a suit, yeah. and then for this, it's just like, oh, then we'll use fucking computers. CGI, yeah. You know, it's like interesting how those things have mm-hmm. changed also for effects. Um, which like, I mean, the stuff in this movie is like definitely CGI, but it like hasn't aged as bad as like some other CGI that I've seen, which is like pretty cool too. Like obviously, like especially at the end when like Vincent D'Onofrio like rips open his skin and he's the giant fucking right. cockroach creature. Mm-hmm. Like that is obviously computers, but I'm still like, it's not a thing that like bugs me where it does in some other ones that just do it badly. So that's kind of interesting. Yeah, it still feels like a physical form instead of it just being like yeah. acting against the green screen. Yeah, um, something I didn't really know about this movie until I was like doing research for this episode was that Steven Spielberg had a huge hand yeah. in creating, he's the one who called Will Smith up oh, to really? offer him the role for what? Men in Black. And he was initially resistant. Tommy Lee Jones, he also called up, but he said the script needs a rewrite, like needs touching up because it's not good oh, enough for okay. me. Right. So Spielberg, it seems like from day one and his Amblin productions was like super involved and, um, him and, uh, director, where, what was it? Sonnerfeld, um, we're just we're like, you know, Rick Baker would go to each of them. They'd each say different things. And so it's interesting collaborative process of like Spielberg being like executive producer, but also seemed in a good way, very like hands on with how the movie should look and feel. Mm-hmm. I think um, the executive like the producer of the effects said that um, in an interview recently that almost every single CG effect has some practical element to it. That's cool. Really? Um, yeah. So I think the two exceptions are the giant um, cockroach monster at the very end is all mm-hmm. CG. And then the um, the creatures who are like the small, uh, like, hey, you want some coffee? Kind of like, wh- how would we describe them? Giant stick bug like, yeah. alien thing? Don't like they have, isn't there a name legs? they call them by? Oh, like yeah. some derogatory kind of thing? Mm-hmm. Fuck. They're not the wormy. 
Anyway, so when the uh, when you first meet them, they're like because they're a big character on the cartoon series, they are. which right. I remember. Vincent D'Onofrio, I think, voiced all the alien characters in the he voiced animated all the show. Bugs, all yes. the bugs, yeah. yeah. No way. Oh, that's kind of awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, in that shot, they are controlled by puppeteers. So there's a shot where Kay goes in, Tommy Lee Jones's character gets a cup of coffee, and Will Smith sees like aliens for the first time that he remembers. And then those are puppets controlled by puppeteers because they're like nailed down to the set of the desk. Worm and guys. so there's the worm guys. Huh? Manibota is it's also here. Yeah. Um, so it's cool. Like, yeah, in that scene, they're all tied down to a desk and all physical people controlling them with like puppets and whatnot. And then mm-hmm. in another scene, it's all CG as they're walking down a hallway. Mm-hmm. So similar to Jurassic Park, there's this right. awesome blend of like you see something practical one time and then the next time you see it, it's digital, but your brain just sees it as fills in the gaps. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, And for Mikey in the beginning, so the scene, I mean, I forgot just how much of this movie is iconic. Pretty much every scene the whole, yeah. has something yeah, yeah. incredibly iconic in it. I know. I was trying to figure out like the scenes that stuck out in my head the most because I feel like everyone has some. Mm-hmm. And when it really comes down to it, it's the scene when he's taking the test and he drags the table across the floor. <laughs> yeah. Like that is always the scene I fucking think about when I think of this movie. Well, even when I was like taking the SATs or just like some kind of like standard, everyone's in like a every single time. Yeah, it's great. It's a great sequence. Yeah. Yeah. And the staying power, like, the cultural relevance that this movie still has. Like, you can make the reference of, like, the neutralizers and people get it. Yeah. Um, and there was also... Um, come back to me, because there was something else I was working on <laughs> Which, that I completely um, forgot. Talking about, like, their weapons and things they use, almost everything looks like a dildo. I just want to, like, quickly, I was, like, watching <laughs> sure. this. Yeah. I was, like, chrome dildo. All of these things look like sex toys. Like, they're all, they're all chrome and, like, very smooth-shaped. Like, everything about it, I was, like... This is a little weird, but apparently, I don't know, futuristic and, you know, sex toy stuff like seems to look very similar sometimes, <laughs> at least in this movie. It's only going to get more phallic, apparently. Yeah, oh, apparently. Mm-hmm. Um, so I settled on this movie for Doomsday, um, not really realizing how amazing of a Doomsday movie it was. Yeah. Because I picked it saying, oh, this would be like such a fun movie to talk about. Men in Black International's coming. This would be like a great um, tie-in, but it is such an amazing example of just a blockbuster movie in general and like a family friendly ish movie mm-hmm. and just being a really tight script. Mm. Um, it's a small scale doomsday movie. There's no massive CG armies that are just like invisible, you know, right. computer people just mashing at each other. Um, it's just like these characters that you follow the entire film mm-hmm. fighting one person who you also follow through the entire film. And the threat yeah. comes from, you know, Aliens are going to blow up the Earth because the Cockroach King has um, galaxy energy thing that the cat has around its collar. And the men in black have to stop it from leaving the planet or the aliens are going to blow up the planet because Earth means nothing. It kind of reminds me of Rick and Morty. Um, the episode of where these giant heads come to Earth for like a singing Show competition. Show us what you got. Show us what you got. Uh, the Get Swifty episode. And if and if Earth doesn't sing well, they just blow it up. Because it's a reality show. Right. And millions of. It doesn't of, matter. It yeah. doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. So, sort of some like Rick and Morty vibe. I'm sure I, you know, I would find it super hard to believe if Rick and Morty was not influenced at all by Men in Black, you know, and whatnot. But I agree. I, I think an effective way to de- depict a doomsday, especially through like alien invasion, is that you don't have to show the entire world and like how they're impacted by it. If it's focused yeah. in one particular, mm-hmm. I mean, it's all within New York City. It's like focused within, I guess, except where uh, Edgar, Con- I, like, and it's like neutralizing State, like a, a thing as opposed like to all out, like you were saying. Right. Yeah. It's per- right. I guess you have some scenes that. 
go outside the city, but it's pretty much centrally set. Would you say that New York is a character, Christine, in this movie? <laughs> Fuck if I know. <laughs> Uh, but I like it. It like streamlines the Sorry. the storyline. Like, like questions like that, or where I'm like, oh, I just want to like, like I need hate a shower. You. Like, oh, uh, hey, uh, if you give me give me a couple days, <laughs> I'll have an answer for you. Um, but I wanna I wanna throw in my fave, you know, signs, and I think that's also another great example of an alien invasion movie that doesn't need to leave the space of the town mm-hmm. to really mm-hmm. convey yeah. the weight. Of the and the like mm-hmm. seriousness of an alien invasion, it doesn't mm-hmm. go outside and besides through TV uh, telecast doesn't show you what else is happening well, over in the world. There's yeah. no big looming spaceship like in front of you know over the entire world. It's just very well with this kind of one too, and, where it's like the Men in Black. So their whole like point is to like you fucking neutralize this shit, like whatever's going down before it becomes this like giant. They're kind of like international or like intergalactic diplomats. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, you know, like not trying to neutralize the whole world because they're like, oh, fuck, we messed up and we've allowed spaceships here now, you know. So that is like kind of interesting, too. And especially like where the extra spaceships are mm-hmm. and everything. It's like a pretty iconic like space like in New York and uh, Queens. Flushing. Right? Flushing. Yeah. Flushing Meadows. Flushing Meadows. Yeah. Um, where it's like, I remember like when I went to that area and I was just like, oh, this is for men in black. <laughs> like, and the Guggenheim that like kind of looks like a spaceship. Right. That's yeah. really cool too. Cool. Yeah. I love how the, uh, one of my favorite parts of this movie is how it kind of like retcons history. Mm-hmm. I think that's always really fun of like you were saying like the, um, the, um, world's fair. It's like, why would you put the world's fair in Queens? Yeah. Because yeah. yeah. spaceships landed there and so they just right, hit them, yeah. disguised them and said it was some world's fair bullshit. Yeah, that's um, cool. there's that's also a great, great scene. <laughs> Where, yeah, sorry, I'll call the World's Fair Some bullshit. World's Fair bullshit. They only use the World's Fair to cover up different things. Oh man, I'd read that that book or comic or TV show. So oh hard. man, someone do that. Okay, we need to rewrite Devil in the White City, and it's like, oh my two, God. Chicago's World's Fair, what was hiding underneath the ground? Oh, I love that though. Oh, nobody steal that idea. Dave, delete it from. <laughs> Um, or pay us. <laughs> one know. of the kind of the funniest things in the movies are uh, like the known aliens because the whole setup is like uh, Will Smith's character uh, is do like. Do you have the list? I do have the list. Yeah, me too. Um, Will Smith's character is just he's a NYP uh, New York New York City police detective. I'm just struggling words with that. NYPD. Yeah, NYPD. Um, and he has a great line. Um, God, what is it? Like, NYPD means I'll throw your ass down or something. He has a great. <laughs> I'm a little sick guy, so I'm struggling a little bit. Um, Anyway, so he like so then um, Tommy Lee Jones's character <laughs> reveals that there's about 1,500 aliens on Earth. Most of them live in Manhattan, uh, and then the screen pops up saying, "Known aliens: um, hmm. Al Roker, Dane DeVito, <laughs> Barry Sonnenfeld, the director, <laughs> and his daughter. Yeah, yeah Stallone, uh, Newt Gingrich, Newt Gingrich, I'm serious, <laughs> isn't it? Yeah. Uh, George Lucas and Steven Spielberg are all aliens. Yeah, uh, and something that I was reading about the filming of this movie is that they had no idea what was going to go up on the screens as they were filming. So they they were actually able to change the plot because all you like pretty easily because I think Dave you're saying of how like this film had a few different kind of endings right they weren't exactly sure yeah well it sounds like at least in the writing process there were several different endings yeah yeah so they showed the film to test audiences for the first time and one of the endings like that was originally that they shot in uh, for principal photography was alien armies like descending on Earth and blowing it up. 
basically. But like, oh. no, that's just like too introduces like too much. So let's just change it to be this more personal story, mm-hmm. and we'll just like cut out some of the stuff because you still have Edgar the Cockroach Man. That's a good call. That's finding really it, yeah. Do you also want to know that what the quote actually is? Yes, please. So it's uh, see that NYPD means I will knock your at- punk ass down. Even I messed it up reading <laughs> it, but yeah, I will knock your punk ass down. So there you go. Thanks for my redemption, Tori. You're welcome. <laughs> um, so I just love the tongue and cheek nature. Uh, tongue and cheek. Wow. <laughs> tongue <laughs> and cheek nature. You're sick, and it's also been a really it has been a really long day. Tough day. But I'm super excited being here and talking about this amazing movie. Um, uh, how did people feel about Will Smith and his career? Like as an actor, as a rapper, as a you know, Fresh Prince of Bel Air, you know, Philadelphia's own. Uh, one of our friends' um, sisters actually went to um, school with Will Smith. Wait, what? Mm-hmm. Oh my god. Wow. Hmm. He lives in that huge sale. Well, he has an apartment apparently in that like cruise ship apartment building right on the river. Oh, oh wow. wow. Yeah. He like owns a property in there. Hmm. Does anybody have like a, is this, is this people's like favorite Will Smith movie or any other kind of like I mean, I was like a huge Fresh Prince fan mm-hmm. as a kid. So like I kind of wanted to see him in like anything he was doing at the time, but like yeah, it's like definitely petered out for me where I'm like, oh, okay. I don't I, I wish I cared more, but but I don't. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah, Fresh Prince was like, God, I was raised on that show. Yeah. But he's in a new movie coming out. I can't remember what it's called, but they basically they clone him and then they de-age him. Yes. Gemini Man. Yes. It oh looks my god. Very weird. Well, so okay. This whole, like, process of de-aging is so interesting to me because, you know, being such a big Marvel fan, they've done it a lot Mm -hmm. now. And in Captain America Civil War, they de-aged Robert Downey Jr. and it looked terrible. It did, But then in Captain Marvel and in Endgame, they de-aged people and it looked fucking fantastic. Fury looked so, at least in the trailer. Clark Gregg He looked amazing. great. Um, it's only when he moves that he looks old. <laughs> fucking, um... Don't we all? Michael Douglas looked amazing. And so I think... I mean, it, Michael Douglas still looks amazing. But, but like, but in Endgame, it was insane. Oh, they put and, such a funny wig on him. <laughs> that was bad. Um, but in Gemini Man, like, you can tell there's something wrong with, like, young Will Smith. Yeah. But I think that's on purpose. Because he's a clone, and so, like, there's this deeper meaning of if you try to clone somebody, you're still not going to get, like, their soul and whatever. It was just a thing where I remember, I vaguely remember seeing the trailer and being like, this just, he looks a little weird, it feels a little weird, there was, like, something about it, but, like, yeah, I don't know. I feel like he hasn't... It could be had an interesting a plot. big hit recently. Mm-hmm. He's just been making weird movies, like Collateral Beauty, where like people are angels or something. I don't know what. That yeah, is. he makes some odd choices. For he's sure. been in, he's been in some some of the worst movies I've seen recently. He was in you know he's in Suicide Squad, as Deadshot. He's in the movie Bright, which is garbage. Mm. Netflix and, original. <laughs> and in both, he's which Netflix very, stop trying to make me watch that he's movie. He's very very good. Like. Even in bad movies, he does a really good job. Mm. Did you guys see I Am Legend? Yeah. yeah. I did. How was that? Um, it's good. Yeah, good. I mean, yeah, it's, it's, yeah, I guess I would say it's strictly good. He's but. good in it. <laughs> I mean, the dog scenes make me cry, but that's... The yeah. zombies are fucking terrifying. Also, the... Uh, the creature stuff is interesting. The scene yeah. where he's also uh, suspended and hanging from his own uh, booby trap in that movie is the same bridge in New York that he jumps off of in this movie. Oh. Interesting. Um, but yeah, I, I think Will Smith. I think he's a really strong actor. Um, 
I think he normally carries uh, the weight of a lot of movies he's in. Mm-hmm. Um, and when he's in a genuinely good movie, he contributes to it in a really good way, such as this, or like, I'm also thinking of like Independence Day, or I'm thinking of like Bad Boys. He, he can really kind of carry the weight of a movie really, really well, and it works best when he's surrounded by other people who can do it competently, which mm-hmm. doesn't happen a lot, but... When it does, as in the case of this movie, it's really, really good. God, him and Tommy Lee Jones just play so well they off do. of each other. Yeah. I was and thinking about how good Tommy Lee Jones is in this movie. Like, yeah. it's, mm-hmm. like he's really bringing it, which is, like, very cool. Like, even though it's, like, not, like, a... I don't, especially for, like, that him as, like, an actor, it's, like... It's obviously not that serious of a movie, but it feels like he's taking it seriously, which is really nice. Like... Um, honestly, like the stuff with like him and his wife is like very emotional. And when I was a kid, I remember that. And it was like still like very similar watching it like mm-hmm. recently. So, yeah. I think it was so smart to build this movie as a buddy cop movie first and foremost. Yeah. Yes. Like let's take just conventions so of that kind of movie, like a training day, you know, whatever name, name them all and make it a sci-fi movie. I wouldn't call a training day a buddy cop Sorry. movie at Sorry, all. Sorry, I don't know why I said that. <laughs> maybe like 48 hours 48, or like a uh, rush hour. Yeah. So 48 hours in my head and then training day came out. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> been a long long sick day um is this true is will smith like low-key a scientologist i think he's high-key i've never heard anything about oh really oh, he's I, I haven't heard that i've watched several scientology I, documentaries and now he hasn't been in any of them i don't know I, I he could he be i know he's like weird about trying to get his kids to be movie stars and rap stars and yeah who is Will Smith related to whoever was in Detective Pikachu? Justice Smith? Yeah. I don't know. Okay. Great. I mean, I don't know either, but I just saw the last name and I was like, oh, I wonder if there's a relation. Well, Willow had a hit. Maybe she's got another one. She's she's great. Yeah. Is she? Yeah. I don't know. Oh, that. I want my hair. Yeah. I was like, really catchy. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, you go, Willow. Uh, I think for me, though, the best performance in the whole film is Vincent D'Onofrio as Edgar. Yeah. Uh, yes. The main villain. Um, Dave, I, and in the, um, our email, I sent uh, the best probably three minutes of the whole movie of when the cockroach man spaceship crashes in upstate New York. I love that scene. Um, and D'Onofrio, Edgar, you know, he's yelling at his wife. I yeah, work you all want day. some shit to happen to him. Yeah. You're like, you suck. <laughs> he's like, I work all day. You know, I come home to this slop on my plate and whatnot. The only thing that can, you know, um, you know, carry itself in this. No, keep going. I'm very loud, sorry. No, no, no. I'm, I'm, oh. I'm, 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 I'm uh, heightening it. Go ahead. Oh, sorry. <laughs> this is a coming spaceship. Go ahead. The only thing that pulls its weight in this house is my goddamn truck. <laughs> oh, go figures. And then goes out, checks that the truck. Beautiful, okay. guys. That was really wonderful. Um, and then he's like, he has his gun, and then this cockroach man is like, put your gun down. And he's like, you can pry this gun out of my cold, dead hands. He's like, proposal accepted. <laughs> Grabs them. You hear, like, shucking noises. Ugh. He takes them out. He takes his, all, everything out noise. of them. And then he throws his skin, loose skin, out of the hole, <laughs> drags it in. It back. And Yum. then he gets into it. You don't see him get into it. And then he just pops up, and then Edgar's not Edgar. Yeah. His wife has a really funny line when she, like, sees him, and he's just asking uh, for sugar. Edgar, looks like your bones are hanging off your skin. Yeah. <laughs> Dave, can you plug her that in? Can you plug bones. that in right now? Oh, yeah, I'll find that. Oh, it's in the, yeah, it's in the video there. Edgar, what on earth was that? Sugar. I've never seen sugar do that. Give me sugar in water. More. More. 
Your skin is hanging off your bones. There's also uh, a note here that uh, during that sequence, uh, the crew had to shoot 15 takes of Edgar drinking the sugar water. According to Barry Sonnenfeld, by the end of the day, Vincent D'Onofrio was, quote, high on sugar. (laughs) (laughs) I love Vincent D'Onofrio. I think he deserves, like, far more credit than he gets Mm -hmm. for, like, so many different reasons. But he's also, like, one of the only actors I know that's on the spectrum, Mm -hmm. which is, like... Yes, thank yeah. you for this representation. I really appreciate that so much. He's in this movie with mm. RDJ called The Judge, and like it is so fucking good. It I don't think so... I knew he was on the spectrum. Yeah. Oh, okay. Interesting. Mm-hmm. I just know him from like Law and Order. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he's so good in Daredevil. Netflix's Daredevil. Too. Yes. Oh, oh my god. Kingpin. He is Amazing. really good in that. Yeah. Um, I mean that that's a show. I think that's a show filled with amazing performances, but he just really carries it. And I mean, the list goes on and on. Full Metal jacket you have yeah. um uh, the cell which i thought he's, he's spectacular he's in, great yeah. um have oh, you guys seen the movie watching the... yes yeah, yeah it's watch fuck, it it's, it's fucked up but it's it's okay. pretty it's Visually, a pretty it's beautiful film okay yeah cool um i watched a movie recently with tim robbins called the player and vincent d'onofrio plays this very angry screenplay writer um who like I, well, I don't, you guys probably won't see it. He gets, he dies within the first, like, fourth of the movie. So it's like, he is frequently dying in his movies. But um, he, it's like a 23-year-old Vincent D'Onofrio. He's, like, lean and mean. And mm, it's, it's like, really, it's, it's, his, 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 his role is so good. He's such a good performer and playing, like, an angry writer with, like, a briefcase. Yeah, and, that like, sounds spectacles. We He's were just wonderful. talking about that because I said we should put, like, the side by Sam of him. Him like being like super hot twenty three Vincent D'Onofrio and him being this like weird alien person <laughs> next to each other because I want to like look at that comparison. <laughs> um, I was looking up some facts about his performance and apparently he like taped shin pads to his knees so he couldn't bend them and like bound bound his ankles oh, so, so he, he, so he walked like, weird so and... he just like walked weird because it's God I could just watch him do this in so many I watched a whole series yeah. of this uh, Bugman Edgar because he just moves <laughs> he so he gets his own spin off he show. really should because he just moves so unrealistically the yeah. loop like right. like the shoulder up and well, when he loping says, down the it's street. stuff that freaked me out so much as a kid I right. remember but like now I'm looking at it and just like appreciating how interesting it is and how like much he did in that well and you know if that was made if they did that like that today it'd be all digital yeah but the fact that this is like they change his makeup throughout the whole film to just look like the skin even more is just sagging off of his bones and rotting yeah it looks like he's rotting when he's like mm-hmm. climbing up the ladder at the end and it also says that he based his movements. Uh, D'Onofrio on uh, Peter Sellers in Doctor Strangelove. Oh. Mm. Interesting. Hmm. Yeah, so just so many amazing performances in this movie. Um, It's just like everybody working at, um, you know, top speed, doing the best of what they do. Yeah. And the fact that this is like a family friendly, I feel like it's like, you know how they, the four quadrants, you know, your family Mm -hmm. friendlies, you got your action, you got this, like, just like mass appeal and having it be like such an outstanding movie Mm -hmm. is something that very few other films have been able to like I feel like the MCU has been able to tap back into that market after so many other franchises have just like failed miserably mm-hmm. at like making quality summer blockbuster family friendly movies. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there was definitely stuff that like we really enjoyed watching together. Like that was always fun for us to do, which was like pretty cool. Mm-hmm. 
maybe Men in Black International will be able to tap into that magic again. Yeah. Yeah, I'd be interested if it like fits within that. It kind of seems like it would, you know, even with just like the cutesy alien mm-hmm. stuff. Um, and they have the casting down. Yeah. With Tessa Thompson, um, Chris Hemsworth, and Liam Neeson. Maybe yeah. we'll get another cute dog in this one. Oh, please. Oh my god! I totally forgot about the scene where um, Tommy Lee Jones interrogates a pug and shakes him. <laughs> yeah. I remember the pug was such a big part of like marketing, and then yeah. was a pretty big part in the cartoon also. Yeah. Right? Was there some kind of Taco Bell ad where he like kicked yeah. the Chihuahua off or something? Yeah. And... Oh my god, the Taco Bell Chihuahua! <gasps> oh my god! Oh, suddenly it's the '90s again. Oh. <laughs> My mom, I think, like, wanted to or maybe did have a shirt that was like, I think I need a bigger box. You remember that? (laughs) No, but (laughs) I think it was I think it was ads for Godzilla when that was coming out in the 90s. It was like a whole thing. Hold on. Um, But is this in the second Men in Black when the pug actually like has like a little bit of a bigger role? He's his partner in the beginning of the second. Okay, yeah. The pug I feel like features more prominently in later. Because I cannot hear the song I Will Survive and not fucking think about this pug. God, I (laughs) You want to talk about like cultural relevance and like (laughs) staying power. Like anytime I hear that, I hear this pug singing it. Oh fuck yeah! I found it. What what'd you find? You found it's it? the ta- it's a Taco Bell Godzilla commercial they made when that was coming out. Because oh, can you give I, us a dramatic rendition of it? So it's like the Taco Bell dog trying to protect his tacos, but you hear like the thump 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 from Godzilla coming. <laughs> And there's something about him being like, I need a bigger box. It was like a very big thing. We'll have to watch it later because I don't have the internet working right now. But it is on here and it is fucking gold. And I'm mad that no one remembers it. Uh, (laughs) um, Shout out if you remember the Taco Bell commercial too. Godzilla's hiding and it's up to you to find him. Just buy a medium or larger drink. If you find Godzilla, use your decoder to reveal what you've won. I think I need a bigger box. Extra credit, remake the video. Oh my god, please. Send it to us. Extra credit, you'll get we'll 10 give million brownie points. Time. Yeah. We'll, mm-hmm. give, we'll give it airtime. We'll give you airtime. Um, another point I wanted to bring up is um, the idea of this movie and its um, you know, allegories of immigration. The movie opens with um, Mexican asylum seekers mm-hmm. trying to come into the country and an, al- and, you know, an extraterrestrial alien hiding among them. Um, do you guys think that this movie maybe should have been a little more allegorical or is it kind of says enough of what you think it wants to say? Because Men in Black headquarters is basically like Ellis Island for extraterrestrials. I mean, now I feel like that's such a... I mean, it probably still was at that point, too, but it's just like with everything that's going on, I think that's probably something that's more on our minds now than it may have been in like movies of like the late 90s. So I think it makes sense. It's about as uh, why can't I say the word right now? Allegorical Mm. as it like is within the movie. But I don't think they would have like tried to make a bigger point of that, like in 1997. The interesting thing is, I mean, it was if you want to look in terms of um, people who were uh, crossing the border without uh, documentation, that was actually uh, more frequent uh, then than it is now. Although mm. it's just more institutionally cracked down yeah. on now, mm-hmm. yeah, um, via this manufactured crisis um, mm-hmm. and all the bullshit associated with it. Um, but in that sense, I don't know. I, I think the film, you know, it it. it 
I don't know if it was that kind of movie. I think it, you know, it's a summer, like we discussed, it's a summer blockbuster, um, and uh, is very much just sort of like fueled by the momentum of its own story. I think it's definitely a big part of it, but for it to have been more like of a social allegory, I think would have uh, would have maybe slowed it down a little bit. Yeah, because I, I feel like it. it Not does... that those things aren't important, but like maybe this isn't the movie for mm-hmm. discussing them too thoroughly. Mm. Yeah, because it's like a family fun summer blockbuster that has aliens and Will Smith in it. Like, and also if we're gonna yeah. look at it in a modern lens, like if we're gonna be talking about immigration, then the word alien probably shouldn't be used at all. Mm. Right. So yeah. Right. yeah. So I found these two articles that had differing takes and looking at Men in Black and what we were supposed to take uh, from the movie and its relationship with depicting uh, immigration. This Vice essay from t- 2017 thought that the movie actually depicts a progressive parable about the benefits of more compassionate approach to immigration policies and actually saw it as a response to um, this Illegal Immigration Reform and Immigrant Responsibility Act of 1996, which was yeah. a controversial act elevating misdemeanors like shoplifting to uh, deportable offenses. And right. so looking at this movie as maybe not wholly intentional response, but actually thinking critically about it, um, you know, looking back um, at it and what the film was depicting and actually rev- like shedding light on how the fact that in this movie, microwaves are actually alien technology, mm-hmm. sort of mm-hmm. connecting to the idea that actually uh, these aliens who have immigrated to the world in the United States are contributing to the technological advancement of like American industry. Um, and yet there was another essay that I found by Heather Hicks, uh, who was, I guess, doing like an intense thesis uh, on this movie and (laughs) argued that, in fact, Men in Black articulates its anxiety about immigrants' effects on American society through its depiction of a fierce, invading, quote, bug bent on destroying humankind. So she really saw it as a damaging depiction of um, of immigration and and, uh, depicting Hmm. like like sort of. Bad hombres. Through this, hmm. like, yeah, mm-hmm. depiction of conflict um, among, yeah, and she she takes her essay into some really other interesting Did directions. Did she talk about but... the other aspects of it, showing more, I guess, like, peaceful aliens within that? Like, the father, like, taking, like, the pregnant wife and, like, other people they're interacting with? Is that, like... She actually takes it in the direction of comparing, and uh, alas, my I don't have a subscription to JSTOR anymore, so I could only read the first three pages. <laughs> College is over, but um, she takes it into a direction arguing, actually focusing on Will Smith's character, which I, I didn't get a full uh, view, or like insight into this argument, but she actually was saying that the movie is an expression of contemporary American political economy in which the status of immigrants is ideologically linked to the management of African-American racial difference. And she examines the character of Will Smith and him like adopting or like needing to take on the persona of like Tommy Lee Jones and like within this government agency. And Mm. yeah, it was... Whoa. Uh, yeah, it was like, this is going really deep and I would love to spend a little more time reading this article. But um, as far as more like uh, looking at more of the depictions of mm-hmm. aliens throughout the movie, um, she doesn't really focus on more mm. of like 
other scenes of more yeah. like, positive. But it was just fascinating. I was like, wow, people like really mm-hmm. went deep with this with this <laughs> movie yeah. and and encountered and brought up ideas that I had mm-hmm. never considered huh. um, and didn't even think about. But that was yeah. I think it just shows how powerful of a cultural touchstone. Mm-hmm. Like everybody I was talking to was like, oh yeah, I remember seeing this movie, and I feel like there's you know I feel like this is a movie that almost everybody who was born in the 90s or earlier like has seen Mm -hmm. you know lots of times which i think is just really interesting yeah any other kind of final thoughts on men in black immigration it it is so interesting because like christine before you went off into that yeah that was no 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 that was so great it (laughs) made me think of the movie in like a really heather we gotta call you up and get you phone in but you know, I, I was going to respond with, like, I feel like this movie just dipped its toe into, mm. like, something really dangerous, like, Dangerous Waters. And I think that the first X-Men does that, too. And I, I like, lump these movies together. I don't think that they came out, like... I actually have a fun fact. Oh? Um, the writer, who was Ed Solomon, who also wrote both Bill and Ted movies and the new one coming out, uh, was an uncredited writer for X-Men 1. Interesting. Oh, okay. Hmm. Huh. Well, but like, so X Men One opens up with this idea of this like mutant or like superhuman registry, and like that is such a deeply complex issue that they never talk about ever again. And it's something that like there is so much historical precedence. It's what fucking civil war should have been fought over if you were gonna do civil war. This like superhuman registry and, mm. and like how dangerous that actually is. And so like. I think that movie tried to dip its toe into some dangerous waters. So it's like that was mm. common that happened a lot with these kinds of movies where they're like, we want to say something, but we don't want to say too, too much of it. We want to also make this enjoyable and, and like establish a universe. Mm-hmm. Would you think Black Panther is the fulfillment of that vision? Hmm. Because that's a movie that takes a pretty hard stand of like, you know, that really sure. is trying to say, not just dip yes. its toes. Yes, I mm. would. Yeah, I think that is probably the best example of saying like, be, like the real villain here is Connell, Colin and I. Colin. 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 There it yeah. is. Thank you very much. Yeah. Um, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. Yeah, it just kind of feels like that's a point in time where you're right. Like they wanted to like try to be like, Oh, if someone wants to like point out that we're smart and edgy because we brought this thing up, like, right? We'll that's what it feels it. like. Right, but like, right. we're mostly just for fun, you know. Mm-hmm. But like, it's like for those people that like, ooh, this movie's smart because they like brought this like teeny little bit up. But it's not like they took it like full force and like because I think stuff like that's really interesting too. Where like I would be more like if you went more into this, I'd totally be on board. But you know, obviously that would not be for everyone. And so, you know, they might not get as many people watching it and stuff like that. So they're like, you know, trying to be fun overall. But if someone wants to, you know, give them some accolades for like dipping a toe, then they'll also be okay with that. Yeah. Which, you know, I think we know what, you know, things like that are are like. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It seems like Men in Black International is not going that route at all. It seems Mm -hmm. mostly a straightforward action film. So. I'm very interested to see where how that movie picks up on the themes mm. of this one, and especially if it's a sort of sort of reboot yeah. of the first one. I'm just curious to see if it touches that information yeah. at all. Yeah, well, it's it, interesting because I didn't even think about that. Like if that would be included within that mm. um, franchise still. So it is interesting, like to go into that movie and like ask those questions. 
Yeah. And I think it's also like, I mean, these essays weren't written when the movie came out. Mm -hmm. It's like, I guess the pleasure that sometimes people have of re-examining movies that may have well had had no intention of exploring complex issues with depth, but that as like an exercise or an academic exercise being like, wow, maybe what is this? Yeah. But it's like, do movies need to fulfill other purposes and with blockbusters sometimes not you know yeah. Yeah. they are what they are and but there is but also there is interest and pleasure in examining them through mm-hmm. critical lenses but yeah. kind of different times and places to do that yeah when was the one article written that you um so the uh heather yes heather, heather. i don't know how the date for you but it was definitely <laughs> later um I think I think I think Heather's was 2007 mm. and then the Vice was 2017. Mm. So yeah. definitely much later. Interesting. Okay, probably also looking at anniversaries. You've got 10 year anniversary where you I've see, read more movies that have come out in the 90s, the 20 anniversary about like why were these movies important? Um, yeah, this year feels so weird with some of that stuff where mm-hmm. it's like, I feel like way more in my face than it has been in like years past. <laughs> I guess that's the anniversary exercise is yeah. like, look at movies that came out 10, 20, 30 years ago and mm-hmm. be like, why were they important or what were they saying? Mm-hmm. Or how are these movies not, uh, do, yeah. do they not stand the test of time? When they come out, everyone's like, this movie's awesome. It rocks. It's like right. swift moving and fun. Yeah. And it's also like, our generation recognizing that we're getting older. (laughs) And Mm. so, like, you know, last year was the 30th anniversary of Beetlejuice. So everyone was like, how the fuck is this movie 30 years old? Because it came out in the 80s. And so, like, recognizing that and how much shit has changed since. Mm -hmm. That's true. Well, I think we had some really awesome conversations about uh, Men in Black and immigration. Um, Be sure to stick around for our whiteboard question segment coming up unless anybody has any other kind of final thoughts movie's great check it out if you haven't seen it i really love this movie humans for the most part don't have a clue they don't want one or need one either they're happy they think they have a good bead on things ago you knew that people were alone on this planet imagine what you'll know tomorrow um so it's time for our whiteboard question segment as we talked about the beginning of the episode this one was submitted by friend of the show diana three movies that you want to show aliens to kind of show them what life is like in 2019 or even just three you know movies in general that you'd want to show some extraterrestrial visitors well wait because the specific framing of the question was within the context of the United States currently, right? That was the, that was the, the framework. You can keep okay. it part of that. Oh. Just, just asking. Oh, you can know. keep it that, or you can just take it your own way. 
I ask only because mine's specifically framed that way, but go on. Well, okay, Dave, cool. would you like to go first then? Uh, sure. Yes, a reflection, I think, of where we're at in the United States uh, as a presentation to aliens um, would be the uh, 1976, I believe, movie Network. Um, oh, I've never a, seen that. I want to. Uh, it's I one can't of my take favorites. It anymore. Yeah. Um, yeah, just a movie about um, a, the corporatization of uh, media and uh, the narrowing of the uh, democratic conversation via that. Those mechanisms, I would recommend Office Space because of our uh, constant... Nice. Uh, uh, constant being forced into uh, you know participation as cogs in that very machine and first reform because of the effects of that machine on the livable environment especially because maybe aliens can fix that so those are my three Whoa. choices wow mine are not that good <laughs> uh, who'd like to go okay. next you went deep mm. I mean I went a similar route where I was like I want to show you things so you guys know what's up and like maybe give us suggestions because you're smarter than us mm -hmm. um, so the first one I wrote down was just an inconvenient truth because I'm just yeah. like okay here's a bunch of information really quick about where we're at it's probably worse now but I'm assuming <laughs> you can fix something at this point um, my second one was Get Out uh, oh, nice. which I feel like horror as well as like social commentary and specifically commentary on like racial relations in the United States also please watch this be horrified by it and then give us solutions and don't replace our brains and other people's bodies yeah please don't do that unless it like might make things better somehow mm. I don't know like stupid people go away yeah I feel like aliens would just be like are you fucking children you're, you're fighting about this like you're still here <laughs> I bet aliens have the same issues that we do I mean, if they're traveling through space from planet to planet, they're probably a little more evolved than we well, are. Well, I mean, if yeah, they didn't probably. annihilate themselves, they probably are solve some issues. Mm. Like, they didn't just blow themselves up before intergalactic travel. Yeah. And we're close to doing that. Yeah, so, hey. We'll yeah. Um, and then the final one I picked was Short Term 12. We just talked about that. Mm. Um, but there's something about that which I just think is interesting, just talking about, like, um, on, like, a, you know very basic level, like, different types of, like, trauma and, like, helping, you know, you see this, like, interesting story of, like, people who had trauma who are now, like, assisting people with similar trauma to them, um, even though they're still dealing with their own information, like, own things that are going on. Um, but it's also kind of, like, really heartwarming and beautiful, so there is some, like, faith in humanity and just, like, people just trying to be good people so there was something to that that i thought was like important to also share on top of the here are some things and fix them for us hmm. i've so. never heard of that yeah, uh, never short term 12 is really good uh it stars brie larson okay as well as uh john gallagher jr who i really love um he was in newsroom with jeff daniels um and also a movie called hush which like we so really good. like it's really really good he's oh, a that's... fucking fantastic actor um and remy malik is also in that movie hmm. and uh uh the guy from um Yes, uh, uh, the guy from Atlanta, and uh, sorry for bothering you. Sorry to you. bother you. He's in that oh, too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and the the girl who's also in Book Smart, um, one of the main like characters. In when that does too. this movie come out? Um, ish, ish. A couple Four years, years ago. Years. Yeah. Cool. So pretty recent. Um, it was Brie Larson like before she did uh, Room. Room. Yes. Uh -huh. But around the time of United States of Terra. Okay. Um, it's fucking fantastic. It's about a bunch of like, um, like young adults who are running kind of like an at-risk like youth center, and so you're dealing with people like who the one girl that's there is there like because she has an abusive father that they're like trying to uncover like things like that going on, but it's all just like at-risk youth stuff. But wow. Um. Yeah. It's so good. Sounds good. Yeah. yeah. 
Great pick story. That came out in 2013. Wow. Yeah. Sam or Christine? Um, I can go. So I interpreted this question as like if I was giving a tour of a college campus, like here's everything you need to know about America. So first and foremost, Americans like their sports and they like white saviors. So we would be watching Remember the Titans. Oh, I love Remember the Titans. Mm-hmm, me too. <laughs> um, second, Americans love their war movies, especially one starring both Tom Hanks and Matt Damon. So therefore, we're going to be watching Save and Private Ryan. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, Americans love their trash boys, problematic white men, and so we're going to be watching American Psycho. Oh, so you... America in a quote-unquote sense, obviously. Obviously, yeah. yeah. Okay. Oh, so you totally got rid of Paul Blart. <laughs> I know, I said I was hoping no, you, you would put Paul out. Blart in there. Honorable mention to Paul Blart. I thought that was like, Paul I was Blart. like, interesting way to describe Paul Blart, but yeah, go with it. <laughs> Paul Blart, Marf. Marf Cop. Marf, Marf Rock. Why is that title I'm telling so you, hard the second one's pretty good. <laughs> Wait, you got as far into the, you got to the second Paul Blart movie. I didn't see the first one, but I saw the second one and it was fine what <laughs> it was capital f fine does he fine. still ride a segway in the second one? Oh, sure does <laughs> before the <laughs> no. it's a whole different episode we can tackle <laughs> paul Blart, the, the mythos of paul Blart. we might at some point just have to have like a trash month oh, you know please, please oh let's do man it. that would be oh boy that'd yeah. be so much fun that'd be a fun july one it could it could be fun it's hot out. Let's just trash this about month. Movies. We're taking out the trash. With, I mean, uh, but I, that. it'll also be interesting <laughs> to hear us deteriorate over a month. But sure, let's sure. do it. <laughs> All right, Rayburn, what do you got? Okay. Um. Uh. Yeah. I kind of went Sam's route and was like, "What a." people love and they love shitty dog movies i would pick <laughs> oh do a, i love a, shitty a dog dog's movie. purpose okay <laughs> christine first off fuck off <laughs> finally we're saying <laughs> we're not friends no but when we saw detective pikachu there was a trailer mm-hmm. for the second one dog's purpose too they're making another no, one the dog's journey it's oh, called the dog's shit. journey dog is found dennis quaid a lot of shit to do. dennis quaid is still in it but no. now he has to follow his Dennis Quaid's granddaughter. No. Okay. So, but uh. so the trailer was happening, and in the middle of the trailer, Garrett turns to me. He's like, oh, like dumb, right? And I was like, uh huh. <laughs> and then, like towards the end of it, he like turns around again and like says it. I was like, yep. And I was like starting to wipe away a tear. And then I saw my sister on the other side of me, just like huge <laughs> okay. one away. And I was like, yes, someone understands. <laughs> Only so allowance so. I'll give is Marley and me. That oh, movie made me God. cry. See, the thing is, I'm not going to watch any of those movies, but if I see a trailer or anything mm. related to them, I'm going to bawl my eyes out. Like, that's just how it's going to happen. So Alyssa and I had no gotcha. idea what that trailer was. And we were like, oh my God, does Dennis Quaid have to kill his dog so he can go on to another life? Because the dog's like, the dog was totally fine. It's like, you're dying, boy. You're dying. And yes. he, like realizes that he realizes the spirit of his dog is in a different dog. I was just like, oh my God. And the trailer goes through like five different you? dogs. And you're just like, is Dennis Quaid killing these dogs? I think that's it. I he wish I, wish I thought that. I'd watch that movie. Yeah, Alyssa and I were just sitting in our seats like, what the fuck is <laughs> happening in this movie? No, I was like, this is trash, but I'm still going to cry because that's where I'm at. Oh God, Dennis Quaid <laughs> killing puppies. <laughs> <laughs> But Just I, love that's, I love that's where you started. 
Uh, number two, uh, kind of like Tori's pick, Day After Tomorrow. We oh. fucked up the earth. This is what's going to happen. But also throw in some uh, Jake Gyllenhaal Jake there. Gyllenhaal. Yeah. Maybe yeah. those aliens Young. can throw down some more books that we can burn to stay... Uh, you know, Who's uh, this? was that Squid in that Who's movie? Who's his dad? Right, is that Squid? We found a thread. Wait, is the next one gonna be Parent uh, Trap? Parent Trap. Parent Trap. What's that other one? He's in the. He's only in two movies. Vantage Point. That movie's garbage. There's ours and yours. There's... What oh, movie are you talking about? Are you just throwing, no, like, words? mine, there's... You, me, and Dupree. Me, myself, and Irene. I, mean, I think what? aliens need to see Dennis Quaid in all of his iterations and transformations. Christine, I'm learning his so much about ours. you. I swear to God. It's mm. like that. <laughs> this, that this wide... See, he's got is. the widest smile. Just close your eyes and imagine America's Dennis Quaid's mouth. smile. America's mouth. Dennis Quaid. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Uh, the third one is not a movie starring Dennis Quaid, <laughs> but a movie that Tori and I were just talking about. Uh, this crazy documentary I watched called Haxon. That's a 1920s Danish documentary about witches. <laughs> Aliens got to know about crazy uh, early Yours modern Europe. and ours. Ours. Okay. <laughs> I can't believe you put accent. They got to know about early modern movies. European depictions of witches and fucked up notions about hysterical women. So and well, Dennis Quaid. <laughs> Through the lens of 1922 Dennis Quaid. <laughs> Danish Dennis. He goes back in time <laughs> oh my God, to hunt that's, witches. <laughs> that's the most insane list. Paxton 2, Dennis Quaid's Revenge. Wow. These aliens are going to be confused. <laughs> uh, once again, I've learned a lesson not to follow Christine. <laughs> Let's just end the show. Then. No. Um, oh God, that was. But Paxton <laughs> Okay, uh, I picked um, Alien, movie we've just been talking about last month. They're going to be offended. As a way to be like, hey, what is this about? What do you like? How do you think? This they're is like, how actually, this is culturally blood, insensitive. Right? In the middle of it, someone's like, hey, they're, those assholes are talking about us. What the fuck? This is fucking racist. <laughs> That's so interesting, right? All Alien movies, completely like ungrounded, unfounded assumptions we have of aliens. Like, and they'll fuckers, be like, this yeah, is what you, you think we look like? How dare you assume this of my culture? That's, that's fat, yeah. Rude. Uh, that's in a similar idea to Sam of kind of like war movies. I'm cheating a little and choosing Band of Brothers mm. as a way of like something super important in American history. Very well executed. And to say, hey, Brothers. TV is yeah, also becoming. Say, this is how we watch television by binge watching right. everything. The best, the best <laughs> writing is on television. Band um, Brothers is and for my so good. I can see it from here. It's an interesting choice. Go ahead. And my final pick. School of Rock. Yes! <laughs> oh, was that your, your choice book? It was like Haxon or School of Rock. It was <laughs> so torn. Oh we all just watched School of Rock. <laughs> I go home and watch that movie. It's a great movie. I want to show them something light heart and uh, you know a touchstone of American culture. <laughs> okay. And who better to be an ambassador of America than Jack Black? Uh, yeah, okay. Yeah. You're winning me over now. Let's see. Or I'll just put Pax on there too. <laughs> well, I'm in tears. <laughs> I just, I want to sit. 
sit and talk with you for like three hours just about that list. <laughs> hey, I'll get the aliens together. We can all chat. If we ever launch a Patreon, that can be our first Patreon exclusive oh, episode. God. Wait, guys, guys, pay for that. Wait, are you guys going to space if like regular folks can go into space? Absolutely not. Um, oh, I, th- I was hoping that was an absolutely. No. <laughs> I have. If there's a space elevator to the moon, like all expenses paid. No, I'd rather Alex just die. Alex Spence is paid? Absolutely. But you okay. have to, but you have to go like with Elon Musk. I'm like, sign me up. No, <laughs> no. No, no, no. You have to go. No, no, no. I'm going on the other show. <laughs> yeah, no Elon Musk. Guys, I think I have breaking uh, movie news. Oh, <laughs> Robert Pattinson <laughs> is playing Batman for Warner Brothers. No, he's not. <laughs> no. Oh. <laughs> 2021. Did Christine wow. write that headline? Oh. I just, yeah, that Garrett sent it to me. I was like, yeah, okay. And then I just found the article about it. Wow. So that's a real thing. That's, Wait, is that for, wild. is that for um, the guy who did Planet of the Apes Batman Matt movie? Matt Reeves. Matt Reeves. Yeah. Jeez. Oh. June 25th, 2021. Oh. The world will be over by huh. then. So like, honestly. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Interesting. The aliens took that as their cue. Right. Now's our time. Prevent this movie from <laughs> happening. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. What do we show them to prevent that? And like Twilight? What's that? Remember me? Remember me? <laughs> oh, God. Wait. When you search Robert Pattinson, the first article that comes up is Robert Pattinson turns 33 with girlfriend Suki Waterhouse by his side. Like, who gives a shit? Who's Suki Waterhouse? He's 33? Know. Apparently. <laughs> we all take different things out of that article. <laughs> I say we put a button on this episode. Yeah. <laughs> How's that sound? Um, be sure to follow. If you made it this far, God bless. Um, be sure to follow us on all social media platforms. Um, enjoy the non-doomsday times because doomsday is like, coming. Doomsday. Doomsday. I mean, you know, we're not going to comfort you and let you forget Doomsday's approaching. We'll, we'll give you a Dennis Quaid movie. That's right. To, to hold you over. We'll be confronting the horror again next week as we continue the month's theme. Yeah. So, you know, don't be a bitch and stick around. <laughs> <laughs> With you to the end of the line. Oh. Bye, guys. Oh, sorry. Oh, is there anything we want to recommend? Oh, Rex. Some chill, chills and kills. Tori does a movie night. Hell yes. They chill and then they kill. We do. Yeah. I mean, we're not allowed to say that we do the second part, but we definitely do the first part. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know when this is coming out. I think the June one will probably be done already. Mm-hmm. And I yeah. don't know what to do for July. What are good July horror movies? Let me know. Think, think for me. Can I make a recommendation? <laughs> yes. Starry Eyes. Ooh, okay. I do like that movie a lot. I don't know. I don't think it has to do much with July. It's a summer movie in Hollywood. Yeah, mm. Hollywood is warm. July is warm. Children Ooh. of the Corn. <clears throat> Ooh, you know what? That's pretty good. It's like summer corn. Ooh, that's or is that more fall corn? Summer Maybe corn. say that for September. <laughs> <laughs> summer my my fall corn, corn always came a little early. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> How did we we take a five minute break and everything just goes. Oh, Dennis Quaid is America's mouth. Oh, boy. Um, yeah, I, I don't want to say anything else. <laughs> oh.